Welcome to We Are Venomaniacs, the Venom site's official podcast for all of your symbiote news, reviews, and point of views. My name is Orion, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts, Carlos. Yo! And Tyler. Heyo! Uh, Aaron might jump in at some point, but we'll go ahead and start without him, and we'll catch him up once we're once he's on. So uh, today we'll be reviewing the Symbiote comics of August 2021, including Extreme Carnage, Lasher, and Riot, and the final issue of Spider-Man Spider-Shadow. Plus, we're going to go over some of the news from the new Venom series in October. So let's go ahead and start with Extreme Carnage, Lasher. Uh, we pick up from the cliffhanger at the end of the Phage issue, with Phage impaling Andy. Uh, but of course, she's not so easily killed, thanks to her Hellmark powers. Agent Venom, uh, Anti-Venom rather, uh, attempts to draw Phage away from Andy, but Alchemex's guardsmen drop in to apprehend the symbiotes. In the ensuing chaos between Phage and the guardsmen, Flash takes the wounded Andy to f- and finds Dr. Steven, who merges the remnants of the uh, Scream symbiote with Anti-Venom antibodies to save the symbiote. And when Andy bonds the new amalgam, she transforms into Silence. Uh, Silence single-handedly drives Phage off using her anti-venom powers, leaving her and Flash alone in Alchemax. Meanwhile, we find that the Lasher symbiote bonded to a new host, uh, a hospitalized old man suffering from dementia. As with his other siblings, uh, Lasher fails Carnage's call through the hive and uh, from a broadcast of Senator Crane's anti-alien speech, and begins to go on a rampage. Carnage uses a vision of the host's wife uh, to compel him to uh, come to Carnage while Lasher tries to resist his sibling's call. Lasher eventually makes his way to the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., and releases his dead host. In his final moments, the old man is thanked by Carnage for helping him uh, bring his family together and, in turn, helps reunite the old man with his family in the afterlife. So, this was a very, uh, according to the writer Clay Chapman, this was a very personal issue for him, considering, um, I I believe it was his own father uh, who had issues similar to the one as the character he wrote for uh, Lasher. Um, and I think that really translated well with this issue, just, you know, this, this fear of losing one's memories and everything, and that really translated well in this issue. Yeah, I know. Uh, Clay, once again, he did, a, he did a great job on this issue. You know, the writing was really solid. And, you know, I didn't actually, I didn't know about that. But, yeah, I'm glad that he was able to touch more about the whole subject. So that was, that was good to see. So, yeah. Yeah, I I especially appreciate it because um, my own family had has a history of uh, our family members suffering from dementia, so it struck a chord for me at least. Um, but you know, I think it really translated well what he was trying to get across. Oh, absolutely! Like I, for me, like even though I love Flash and Scream and whatnot, the Lasher part was probably my favorite part of the issue. It's just it was just brutal. It really was, and it's just. It was just so, vi- and this like this poor old man, just being misguided and manipulated by Carnage, and just it, it was really good. Yep, and I mean, and well, what I've seen too, like Lasher, Lasher, he he kind of showed resilience in a way, right? Because he didn't, he didn't really like he 
It felt like he didn't want to be a part of Carnage's reunion. No, absolutely. It's sort of unique to Lasher compared to all the other symbiotes so far. Lasher's yeah. like, I ain't doing this shit, Carnage. Just piss off. Like, so it, I, I really like that fact that, you know, they are giving the symbiotes different personalities. And, you know, I've always sort of been like a, like been a fan of Lasher because he always had a bit more of a unique design along with Scream. And so it's, it's kind of cool that he's, he's getting some character in this. Yeah, I especially like um, his character design in this one. Uh, you know, we've seen the Lasher character, I mean, all the different Life Foundation symbiote characters get um, visual upgrades um, over the past couple of years, you know, with uh, the um, Absolute Carnage, and then now with uh, this Extreme Carnage series, we're seeing new uh, design upgrades, although mostly it's been... Uh, these Life Foundation symbiotes getting Carnage added into the mix. But I really liked the uh, design that they employed with Lasher in this issue. It's very unique. I, I will say, though, if, if there was anything I was disappointed about the Lasher story is that it didn't feel connected to the, to the first other half of the story. Because I feel like... You know, Phage and Scream were both obviously very heavily integrated into the in, into the main the main plot, I guess you would say. But then Lasher was kind of like this could have been a if if there had been a completely separate Lasher book and just more of this, I could have seen that. But it's just it it like Lasher doesn't interact with any of the characters other than Carnage. But it's sort of like a separate talk with Carnage that's going on. Like it, it's not really cohesive with the book at all. Like it, it's not a huge deal, but it's just I feel like the book does go. It keeps switching back and forth between the two perspectives constantly, and it's not really needed. Yeah. So I, I just feel like that could have probably been incorporated a little bit smoother. Yeah. Did you did, did you guys get a sense that it was kind of like just I don't know, like just going at a fast pace? Like, okay, we got to cut to this. Okay, now we got to go to here. This is part of the book. That sort of thing. I wouldn't say fast paced, but just just because I, I mean I sort of understand that just because it was sort of telling two separate stories in one book, like continuing the story from before and also introducing Lasher for his story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think there was a problem with the pacing, and you know we're going to see this again in the next issue we talk about Riot, where you know the 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 two narratives going on and they seem to be completely separated from one another. Um, so I think what's really building to is um, in at least, if if not uh, the toxin and agony issues, then definitely in the uh, omega issue, we're going to see all this finally come together. Um, and from a uh, preview we saw for a Scotty Young um, uh variant cover i believe for uh the omega issue uh there might be hints of an, an, a new kind of uh hybrid, hybrid amalgam yeah <laughs> coming with a carnage thrown in so we don't I wouldn't know be surprised it, it, it was kind of played off as a joke on the cover but it who knows it might actually be something we see yeah but i mean you think about it in Basically, every single story with the Life Foundation symbiotes of the last, like, ten years, there's always been a moment when they have become a hybrid. <laughs> like, yeah. So, I'm diffuse. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we can go ahead and talk about um, 
the the big the big reveal of this issue Andy silence. Andy becoming silence and he doesn't die yay from what we see you know <laughs> yeah. in the, in we the knew next, Andy wasn't going to die yeah of course she's <laughs> she's become this huge character now in symbiote lore like she she's really uh, risen in the ranks and i i honestly I, i've said this on on here and probably on twitter as well but um not to dethrone Eddie Brock, but she's become my favorite symbiote host. Just her entire story is amazing. Hmm. No, well, I, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Like Andy, Andy's become one of my favorite characters at Marvel. Like no contest, and it's just, it's just. Uh, here's the thing: I I like that. Obviously, you know, she gets to be a symbiote character again. Like I I, I wouldn't have, I don't want Andy on her own with just the demon powers. I obviously want her to have a symbiote, and. Science is cool to see. I'm still hoping it's just a temporary power up, and she goes back to scream. I don't know if that's the case. Like I'm waiting to see how things play out. But right now, I just love what Clay did with Scream and Andy's relationship so much. And with Silent Symbiote technically being a new symbiote, like I, I am glad that it's not just a brand new sim- like Spawn symbiote, and it's more of a fusion. It's more of like a like you st- still scream is sort of technically in there, which is blended with anti venom, but it it does seem like a new personality a little, and so I I, I don't I I'm worried about missing the relationship Andy had with Scream, and so yeah I, I'm hoping ideally for me she would go back to Scream by the end of this, like she uses up all the anti venom to beat Carnage, but then and it goes back to Scream at the end, and but. If we are, you know, I don't want to say stuck with silence because that makes it sound bad, but but if if silence is the new status quo for Andy, I I, I will deal with it. And it's just it's just I wish she would still scream. That's yeah. all. Yeah. And as for me, I was gonna say like yeah, like Andy, like I I've loved her ever since she first appeared when Colin Bum was on the book, and now that you know when she, when she became scream, that was really great too. But now seeing this new uh, version of her called si- Silence, I-, I totally love the look. Even though it it, it is a, it's pretty much a repaint. I'm not gonna lie, it is a repaint. Except she doesn't have a mouth. You know the the design looks great. Like I'm all for it. Um, do I miss the scream uh, color scheme with the yellow and, and orange and red? Yeah, of course. Um, but you know, again, like Andy, she's been through a lot, and you know she really wants to get payback and team. And you know, I'm really glad she's back with Flash. You know that. That was really good. Finally, cool to see. So yeah. So I, I've, I'm kind of like on the fence when it comes to whether I want her to go back to being scream or stay as, uh, as silence because I, I do agree that I don't like how quickly we've been switched from scream to silence and how that might affect, you know, the the developments between her and scream. Um, but then again, I don't want you know, silence to be just a temporary one-off thing. And, you know, I don't like this whole flip-flopping with Andy saying, okay, she, you know, she was first mania, then she wasn't. And then she became scream and now she's not again. Um, That's a whole nother can of worms. Yeah. yeah, It's just like, it's just back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, okay, just, you know, stick with one and go with it. But um, it's a very, it's a very interesting evolution for her. um, Cause I mean, even looking at the symbiote names themselves, you know, she started out as Mania, then she became Scream, and then now she's finally Silence. It's it's a kind of evolution for a, a thematic evolution for her character, you know. So I, I really like that part of it. What I but what I got from two is like 
I don't like it was kind of like when she became Scream, right? Like they had a mutual, like a, a great relationship uh, with Scream and Andy, and then they fought Carnage and Absolute Carnage in that series, and then we uh, fast forward all the way until um, till now. And all of a sudden, you know, Carnage, he's starting to take control of Scream and Scream wants to be taking control. And I don't know where that whole, you know, change of mind came from. And then and then when she became silent, it's like, you know, she felt distracted from all the voices in her head. And now with this new power up uh, silence, like all that's gone now. Now she can actually fight like unchained, like, you know, it's just. And because she's disconnected from the hive. Disconnected from, yeah. Yeah, which we'll learn about in the next issue. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, so this, you know, I, I, I love that, you know, Andy has become just this dark horse main character in this, in this entire event. Like, it's like, <laughs> not not to diss you Flash fans, but, you know, kind of going into this event, you kind of had this feeling of, oh, you know, this is going to be a Flash Thompson event uh, where we're seeing, you know, this is his first um, major story after he's been resurrected in King of Black and all that. But all of a sudden, it's now like Andy has really taken the spotlight, which, I, you know, I'm just happy about because I, I love yeah. her character. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm satisfied right now with where the story is going. Uh, I mean, I mean, this is a flash and Andy event. It really is. And I'm all here. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm absolutely loving this. We've been waiting for so long. And it's pretty much here. Yeah. So let's go ahead and jump on to the, the next issue. Cause we'd like to talk more about Andy and flash. Um, yes, yeah. Speaking of. <laughs> yeah. So with uh, extreme carnage riots, we begin with flashes, pal Hank, who he sent uh, to spy on Senator crane. Crane assigns Hank with picking up an MVP for his next big speech. Uh, then next we see the riot symbiote aboard a charter bus in Chicago. Under Carnage's influence, Riot goes on a slaughter spree with the bus's passengers in search of a suitable host, eventually settling upon one as the bus arrives in, the, in D.C., where Hank is waiting to pick him up. Meanwhile, uh, Flash and Andy finally enjoy a proper heartfelt reunion after Andy, as silence, drove Phage away from Alchemax. They retreat from Alchemax before more guardsmen show up and plan their next move against Carnage's scheme at a coffee shop. Uh, Flash figures that they can use silence to isolate Carnage from the Hive, but when Andy attempts to access the Hive, she finds herself completely disconnected somehow. Eventually, she finds someone she can connect with, drawing Bren Waters as Toxin to join her in Flash. So, Toxin, baby! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now, we did... It was funny, because this whole... You know, it, it was that... With this issue, they said, oh, you know, it was Silence who called upon um, Toxin and all that. But in the Lasher issue, we do get a brief scene with Bren Waters at his home, you know, watching TV. And all of a sudden he sees a report about, um, you know, the guardsmen engaging with uh, aliens at Alchemax. And of course his father is an Alchemax as a guardsman soldier. And so he takes off with toxin with concern for his father. So it's like, we have kind of two little conflicting points here of why, you know, what motivates toxin to join the battle. But I, it, I guess we can overlook that. 
I mean, he's got to help his dad. He thinks his dad's in trouble. Yeah. But, um, so, you know, uh, we can keep talking about Andy and, and Flash and, you know, it's, it's absolutely best moment ever. Yeah. It's, it's, best page. it's just great. This reunion together. Um, yeah. Cause te- technically last issue was when they finally like, like the last issue was the full, they were, they were talking together. Well, I mean, not really. It's just, she was like bleeding out, mm-hmm. but like, and so this is the first proper reunion we get. Uh, it's not just in the middle of a fight where they're fighting for their lives. Like, Oh, Hey Andy. Like, uh, so that page with them hugging is just, Oh, yeah. So good. It had to happen. And I felt like, you know, <clears throat> Andy's entire struggle throughout her tenure here at Marvel was really validated in one panel where Flash tells her that you're much stronger than you think you are. Carnage won't know what hit him. It's just, you know, that one moment was like, that's what I've been waiting for because, you know, Andy has really been through the grinder emotionally and physically. And, you know, she's had a lot of, you know, self-doubt about herself in in her corner of the world. You know, she's had issues with family and friends um, dying or being killed. And her life has just been upended. But finally, you know, Flash tells her, hey, you know, you, you basically, you, you you don't have to feel this down you you are as strong as you you know you're much stronger than you think and i love that about this particular little interaction yeah this this was really long overdue because again uh andy has been through a lot of hell for the past few years especially uh when absolute carnage was going on so it's 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 great to see them back together yeah so Oh, and this is uh, this is Alyssa Wong's like only her second symbiote thing ever. Like she did the the one short story of she had the Carnage Pirate story, right? Yes, I believe. And so yeah, so this is our first like main six one six symbiote story with her, and I thought she did a great job. Oh yeah, like this is yeah, like I, I haven't really read anything else. Like I think she mostly does like Doctor Afra stuff in Star Wars. So like. I'm all for it if we get another new symbiote uh, writer like uh, like because Clay, Clay turned out great and this is a very strong start for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and and plus I also like we didn't mention it last issue but the the art like we mentioned the art for like the Lasher part how is like you know really horrific and whatnot with the tendrils and spikes but obviously this the scream artist who continued on uh, into that issue still fantastic i I love how silence looks Mm -hmm. and then in this we have uh, much more stylized art i i can't remember the name of the artist i don't have it in front of me right now but um it's a very stylized look that i thought was very fitting and i i I really did like it uh it's like some of my favorite panels are like andy is like taking the symbiote off her head and you see like the tendrils around her neck and whatnot and she's like a big smile and the hug was so good so yeah i i really like this art and uh, it was it was cool to see. I only had one nitpick about the art, and that is, it's that I felt like uh, the artist drew Andy too young for how old she actually is in the comics. Yeah, that's fair. She's definitely aged quite a bit in the last few years, so and yeah. it, it it did seem like he was going off some old references. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm oh. I'm happy with the with the you know her original hairstyle kind of making a comeback, but it, it, I just felt like. She just felt a little too young in this issue. Yeah, yeah. With her hair, she decided, you know what, new symbiote. I'll go back to my old hair, and she just shapeshifted into the longer hair. Yeah. I mean, granted, the artists they probably don't 
the new artists don't realize the time frame, so I, I could let it slide. So yeah, but the the consistency. So yeah. And then, um, of course, we have Riot's whole little story, and I think this one was really just played up for laughs. Just him going, you know, host to host throughout the bus, you know, slaughtering, you know, saying it basically was like uh, he was he was Goldilocks and uh, just going through. Yeah. You know, this one's too big, too small, whatever. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And are are we still um, theorizing about? you know, who is carnage in this story. Cause you know, we, we kind of get a bit of a, a bit of a hint, um, with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hank, uh, in his observations of Senator Crane about how really just strange this crane character is, you know, how he doesn't blink or anything like that. So it's like, are we thinking that maybe Carnage is Crane, or are we still thinking it's the dog? Well, see, the implication the whole time has definitely been that Carnage is Crane, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure, because it, it feels like it's hard to say that he's not at this point, but at the same time, there's something ominous about the dog. I'm still kind of betting Carnage... I, I, I almost feel like Carnage might be in the dog, but he's still puppeting Crane. Like, Crane might just be an empty meat puppet at this point. Yeah. And he just speaking through him, and like because I remember Carnage was like when Carnage was making his way over in the Alpha issue, like his bodies weren't lasting long, right? Yeah. So maybe maybe the dog is like more resilient, and so he's just staying inside the dog and like puppeting Crane. Like that's the only thing I can think of because Crane is definitely being nefarious, telling him to go pick up Mister Riot, which is you know not ominous, not a weird name at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, so. Also, I'm very glad that Hank just didn't go look on that bus. <laughs> he just, he just, like, there's just nobody left alive on that bus behind him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I was kind of, like, throughout this series, like, I thought they were going to, like, hint at the possibility of Carnage trying to look uh, or trying to find who has his, uh, his dead corpse stored in a laboratory facility, and we haven't had any indication of that, so... You want I don't, I don't know his, how his body? <laughs> I, regenerate it. I don't know. I, I don't think I don't think Carnage needs Cletus's body anymore. I think they are so perfectly bonded together that they are just one and the same. It doesn't matter if Cletus has a physical body, he is Carnage. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And um but overall, I, I I thought it was it was definitely a good issue. Uh, probably my main complaint was that it doesn't it's 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 not filler, but it's definitely a little more rising action. It's like you had the big phage fight last issue, and this is just a lot of talking, setup, you no know, planning. It, it doesn't exactly move the plot forward, but. At the same time, I think it is some necessary setup. You have to do. We get that reunion, which I wanted so bad. I love that. You know, you introduce Riot, and then you have Andy's thing with the hive not working, and then bring in Toxin at the end. So yeah. it definitely was more setup, but I think it was necessary setup. Now, the whole uh, silence not being connected to the hive thing is going to be interesting because, as far as we know, the only other symbiote who is not connected to the hive is Venom. So now we have another symbiote, and I wonder how that will play out in future stories. Yeah, no, it's... Mm-hmm. Well, she's mostly not connected to the Hive because of the anti-Venom, right? And 
But I think enough of her symbiote was still left of screen that she was just barely able to contact Toxin because he was close. Is that the implication I was getting where she still barely has – because it was causing her strain, but they did manage to call Toxin. Yeah, probably. But it's it's interesting if they're going to – It also does raise the question, why can't Flash do it? Because we haven't really got any solid answers on his symbiote. Yeah. They're they're being intentionally vague about it, and I just want a solid answer. But I think because it seems like they sort of want it both ways. We're like, all right, he's not a normal symbiote, but also he's not like anti venom anymore. Yeah, it was very confusing because um, in this issue, when uh, or was it? No, it wasn't this issue. It was uh, it was in the last issue when Doctor Stevens was explaining how he combined um, the anti venom bodies with uh, the Scream symbiote. He referred to the anti venom antibodies as Flash's symbiote. So, you know, that kind of brought up the whole thing of well, at what point? Yeah, we- at what point did um, you know did Doctor Stevens have a sample of Flash's symbiote? So um, either you know he probably never took a sample of Flash's current, current symbiote. One. So he yeah. must have just had one on ice, but you know, it's that's still, yeah, yeah. Because we did see that in like the King of black, black cat book where, yeah. you know, he gave her a part of the anti venom. And so it, I assume he just does have some samples of it. Yeah. Of the, the old one, not the current one. Of course, that still doesn't answer the question of what is Flash's current symbiote. Cause as far as we exactly, know, cause... as far as we know, it is just the dragon symbiote that he piloted in King of black. Yeah, not to mention we had the whole literal dragon flash, like or like uh, his like in what was it, Phage books? I think so. The, yeah, the Phage book. Yeah, yeah, where you know he had a dragon form and whatnot. So it it very much seems like there is definitely some sort of dragon symbiote in there still. And we still haven't so seen. Want to see it? <laughs> yeah, we still haven't seen. You know, Flash really affect symbiotes like he would if he was wearing the anti venom symbiote. You know, because yeah, otherwise you think he, he just would have done what Silence did, right? Yeah. Like, so he was just like shooting Phage and whatnot. So I'm assuming, I still think it's, it, plus we had that weird line about uh, Phage Carnage said like he's just wearing like a shade of a symbiote. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe it is a dragon symbiote, but there's no mind in it because this dragon has given up its mind to Flash when like dra- when Flash took over the symbiote. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's a possibility. Maybe that's why he's not connected to the hive anymore because it's just Flash in there. I just hope he's just got like he's got a brain dead symbiote. Maybe I don't know. I just hope they don't hand wave and say no. This is the anti venom symbiote. Like no, no. Yeah, I don't want that. I I don't want Flash. (laughs) It wouldn't make any sense. Like why isn't Flash been helping then? (laughs) So which which then also brings up my whole point of well, Flash needs a new hero name now since he's not anti venom. Well, I that's why I, we should just call him Agent Venom. I'm just no, saying. It's not even <laughs> Venom though. Ah, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's too confusing. <laughs> uh, you have, you'll have Venom, and then you'll have Agent Venom. It's fine. It's yeah. a separate name. But although I, I really would like to see that dragon form again, if if he uses an Omega, that'll be pretty cool. Oh, so, he's gotta, he's gotta he use it for to. the big fight. Yeah. All right. So um, yeah. So absolute or extreme carnage still very good. Oh yeah, <laughs> very yeah. good. And yes. we only have three issues left. We have um, toxin, uh, agony, and, and uh, omega. Omega. And it's yep. all next month too. So it's gonna be fun. 
Um, all right. So uh, lastly, in our review series, we have um, Spider-Man, Spider-Shadow number five, the final issue. So in this epic finale, Peter faces down against Venomized Avengers and uh, as a Venomized Reed Richards uh, chases after Mary Jane and Johnny Storm, intent on killing the only person standing, uh, the only person standing between the symbiote and Peter from realizing Spider-Man's dream. As Venom and the Avengers are distracted with trying to kill MJ, um, Peter devises a plan to stop Venom and destroy its spawn. Uh, Peter attempts to lure the symbiote into bonding with him again, but the symbiote kills Reed Richards before leaving him as Reed, in its mind, is too smart to let live and allow him to find a way to stop the symbiote's plans. Peter lures the symbiote into the Fantastic Four's lab and allows the symbiote to bond to him. However, Peter bursts into flames, revealing that the Human Torch was disguised in an illusion as Peter Parker. Uh, the symbiote is destroyed, leaving a, uh, in its wake a trail of misery and death. Then, in the end, Peter faces trial for his crimes, but is found not guilty. He's invited by Sue Storm to join the Fantastic Four as a means of atoning for his mistakes. Um, in an epilogue, we also see that the Kingpin had somehow survived his encounter with Symbiote Spider-Man, although he's scarred and vengeful. His assistant, Wesley, offers Wilson a chance to recover and get vengeance on Spider-Man, revealing that he has a surviving offspring of the deceased symbiote, and it kind of looks like Carnage. So, this this story really went places, didn't it? <laughs> well, I was about to say, I, I it went in a different... Like, halfway through, it went in a vastly different direction than what I expected. Yeah. Not to say I didn't like it, but it's just not what I was expecting, which isn't a bad thing. It's just, I, you know, it, it was still enjoyable read. I was just sort of expecting something a little different. Yeah. Um, at least, you know, I I feel like Zadarsky didn't he didn't really fail in the sense that you know this he didn't make the symbiote really that evil. You know, you can. He kind of tried to hammer the point home that the symbiote, you know, has all these good intentions. He he wants to help Peter realize his dream of you know protecting the world, and that's why he's doing all this stuff. But you know, he, he kind of loses some of that when the symbiote kills Reed Richards. Like, okay, well, you kind of cross the line there. Yeah, but I, I think it was just a, a fact that. It had taken Peter's emotions from when he was like, you know, after Aunt May died and whatnot, and just started killing villains, and it was sort of stuck with those at that point. Yeah. Like, because then it, it separated from Pierre before he could, like, come to regret everything, and so is it, it had, this was essentially a darker form of Peter that it had absorbed, and it was just sort of stuck with that inside. It, so it was part that and part its own self-preservation. And so I think that's why, like, it, it definitely is a little bit more evil than it probably should be for that. But I, I, I understand the context. I think it still makes sense. Yeah. And um, so. Zdarsky successfully killed the Venom symbiote in this one, you know, in the end. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm a little, like, uh, do, would you want to see more of this book with a Carnage Kingpin versus... Uh, Fantastic Four with Spider-Man. Like, uh, does that interest you? Mm, I'm a bit half and half there, you know. Yeah, I think I'm in a very similar boat. Where I'm, 
first off, I'd kind of prefer if it was still the Venom symbiote, and it was never really confirmed, like, is this Carnage, or is it just, like, another one of those symbiote copies that the symbiote did? Yeah, it looks like Carnage, uh, so too, because like, of the color scheme, but it's not, you know, it's not obvious. Yeah, and so, and at the same time, I, I kind of wish it was anyone but Kingpin. Like, yeah. because we, I mean, we have the Eddie Brock there, and then he's sort of just done after his whole thing with the Sinister Six. Now, no, I like Eddie Brock's whole story in this one. I love it. I, I love the. No, it, no, it was, it was awesome to see him and whatnot. But I, I love he the was dynamic. Kind of just dropped halfway through is the, my problem. I I just like because this we do get to see a, a little not not really closure but we do get to see an end to Eddie Brock's part in the story, and it's a continuation of the dynamic that Zdarsky set up between Eddie Brock and uh, and J, J Jonah Jameson. I love that you know Jameson has you know kind of come to Brock's side and said, Hey, listen, you know, we were, we were bro, you know, we were both wrong. You know, uh, Jameson's coming to terms with uh, his feelings for Spider-Man. Now that he knows who Spider-Man is and what Peter Parker has done. And he's like, you know, I was wrong. And then he's also trying to help Eddie not go down the same path that he does go in, you know, the regular universe, and say, hey, listen, you made some mistakes, but I'm here for you. You know, I'll I'll help you as best as I can to you know redeem yourself and all that. And I I felt like uh, you know Eddie Brock, there was a glimmer of hope there for him. I don't know. Just a quick question to you guys: Would you guys would have preferred instead of that ending with with Kingpin? Would you prefer if the symbiote somehow made its way to Brock again? Just just, just because, or just have something uh, a better uh, outcome for Eddie. It, it. See, I, I am happy with you know this different take on Eddie, but I, I'm disappointed that he was brought up in this alternate symbiote story, and he wasn't really involved with the symbiote at all. Like he, he just became Doc Ock for a little bit with arms, and then I don't, I don't know. I, I just kind of wanted him more involved with the actual symbiote somehow, or even just an epilogue with him. I think would have been cool. Like. You could you could get a different version of Venom in this. It, it'd be based on both their experiences. Like if the symbiote survived and went to Eddie, and after Eddie had sort of like, you know, after Jonah talked to him or something, uh, I I'd, I'd be interested to see what sort of different variation of Venom we we would have gotten out of that. And I think that would have been interesting. I'm kind of happy that Eddie didn't become Venom in this story, just because we kind of got a bit of venom with Spider-Man when he kind of went off the rails with the symbiote. It's like how different would it have been if like, what's the difference, right? It would have yeah. been very minuscule. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, wasn't the original pitch like what if Spider-Man was venom? So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this was essentially Spider-Man's venom. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, no, this, it, it, it just, the story went in, in directions I wasn't expecting. You know, there was some clever twists with, like, Human Torch and whatnot, but I did feel like another thing that was kind of underutilized was the symbiote symbiote heroes that sort of just briefly had it, and mm-hmm. then they were just, like, kind of lame designs. It was just, like, <laughs> barely any... It, it was basically them just with, like, evil eyes and faces. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was a little That's disappointing. And then, and then another another small, small, very minor complaint... Uh, the colorist, uh, Mary Jane, like she's supposed to be drawn with like a dark red hair, and 
but sometimes half of the panels she just has black hair. It's just straight up black. They didn't add a red shine to her or anything. It's just black hair. And it's like, that's not Mary Jane. <laughs> like, who is this person? Yeah. So. But, yeah. But other than that, the art was strong. And, you know, it's been a very nice style for the whole tone of the book. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I would say overall for the, for this little miniseries, um, I liked the first half. I definitely liked the first half of showing you know, Spider-Man going off the rails with the symbiote and him having to come to face his demons and, you know, realize, well, what, what have I done and all that? I don't, I, I kind of clocked out when, you know, the symbiote survived its initial uh, conflagration. And went on read. And went on read. I, I was like, okay. I was like, we're going to do a symbiote invasion. They're going to create you know, symbiote clones and all that's like, eh, that that's where yeah. I'm like. Goodbye. We've seen shades of that before. So. Yeah. So I, um, I will say, I I, th- I think uh, Zdarsky's life story had a much stronger ending than this. Like that was a very self-contained. Uh, you know, you had the beginning, the ending, and then you even had the really nice moment with the symbiote at the end, sa- helping save Peter. Well, helping Peter save the world or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so. And in, in this, it's definitely not as strong. And plus, not to mention, wasn't this was supposed to be four issues and it was suddenly five issues, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm very curious as to what happened there. Did, like, was the Fantastic Four thing always the plan, or was that like a, a switch at mid halfway through? So yeah, because I could have seen this wrapping up like waste an issue sooner. I could like yeah. if you didn't have to go on read if it went on someone else and then they just had a fight with him for like one issue. I could have seen that. So, like, yeah. for all we know, maybe Eddie was supposed to become Venom. Yeah. And then, but then he decided to switch it off. That that could be the oh. case. I have a feeling, but so, we'll never know. So overall, <laughs> I I would say that you know it was a fun experiment, but I don't want to see it continued. I don't want to see. Yeah, I I, I don't necessarily need more of this universe. I want to see more of the what if imprint, and I think we are getting more. I think it's been confirmed already. Yeah. But I don't need to see more of this universe with Peter and the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I will ask. It's like I really for what if I really want them to do what if if uh if they did uh David's original pitch for She Venom. Oh, you want to see the original She Venom? Yes. No, yeah. That that'd be cool. That would That's be a the, good what if. A really good what if, yeah. Mm, kind of working on that what, myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what, well, what about you there? So that's taken. Orion, you give us a symbiote what if. Of any sort of symbiote what if, what do you oh, think you'd man. do? Oh, man. Any sort of what if. Oh, shoot. Put me on the spot. I have plenty of ideas, but I got to pick one. <laughs> yeah, we got to pick one. got to <laughs> give us, what, give us like a one-sentence pitch. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. No, pitch, no, no. I should. Because I've, I've actually already written... Um, a single issue of this, but um, what if Peter Parker became Venom instead of Spider-Man? So instead of, you know, him getting bitten by a radioactive spider and becoming Spider-Man, we switched up his origin story, and instead he bonds so you just the, give symbiote. Him the, the symbiote before anything. Yep. And oh, a, symbi- uh, a story where a, a symbiote hangs down, gets hit by radiation, and bites Peter. <laughs> or, or if the radioactive spider bit Eddie Brock. Oh, I don't know. That would be so weird. That would be so weird. 
Yeah. I'm doing a story for the Daily Globe. Ah, a spider. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I already wrote a comic script for that, and it it's it's pretty dark because I kind of take the um when I came up the concept it um it was kind of during the time of the whole uh school shootings and everything in the U.S. and, and so I kind of took that idea. I'm like, okay, well here you have a troubled kid, Peter Parker. And uh, he's bullied at school, and perhaps, and I changed it a little bit uh, about, you know, his home life is not as great either. And, you know, what happens when you give this kid a gun, basically? Yeah, well, so. symbiote gun. And speaking of symbiote guns, that'd be my pitch. What if Flash dated Agent Venom? Easy, easy, easy. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a, that's the good universe. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> How about you, uh, Carlos? Yeah. What was your what if? Well, he already said with his. Uh, well, yeah, I know. I, I would really like it if they did a what if on David Michelini's original uh, oh, well, shooting yeah. pitch. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. So that's Spider so, Shadow. <laughs> yeah, that's our comics for the week or month, I should say. For the month, yep. So next up, we got a little bit more news recently. Oh, and I should say, we're still not reviewing Symbiote Spider-Man. We're still not yeah, doing it. It's, no. uh, we got nope. a tiny little bit of Symbiote nope. in it, and then that was it. So nope. we're, we don't care. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> I haven't even it's bad. read it. bad. You should feel bad, Peter David. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we got some recent comic news for uh, the new Venom series coming in October. Um, it was an interview with uh, the writers Al Ewing and Ram V. Uh, and we learned some more about how the story is going to be uh, written. So basically what's happening is Eddie and Dylan's stories will be divided between both writers. The first two issues will feature both writers handling their stories. And then um, in the third issue, it will break out to one writer handling their side of the story and it'll switch off apparently. Um, so uh, Ewing is going to be handling uh, Eddie Brock's story as he's a symbiote God and going out into space and all that stuff. And then uh, Ram V is going to be handling uh, Dylan and Venom's story. And we also got a little more insight into uh Dylan and Venom's relationship, and it's kind of not looking oh great. Oh boy! Yeah, we uh, seem to be um, oh regressing a bit with Venom becoming a bit more um, savage and uncontrolled. Controlling. Yeah. Yeah. So not you know we 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 had the free comic book day preview issue yeah. last month, yeah. and I but, I was whelmed with it. I was like, eh, it was. It didn't really didn't strike a chord with me, and then this recent news did, about did we talk was, about that on podcast? We, yes, we did. No. We did right? Oh, we yeah. did. We did. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, that's how that's how that's how much of an impression it left. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like uh, you know, I'm I'm hoping I'll be wrong, and this this look new. I'm just here for Big Mother, all right? Yeah, she coming. But yeah, so it's like. You know, it's this back. It's like why, and and I think it's also because you know we see we saw in um a variant cover for I think it was issue one maybe um it was some sort of variant cover for one of the uh one of their Stormbreaker artists or whatever they called the their batch of you know trigger hot, warning incoming artists and yeah and it was a it was a Venom cover with Venom. 
but on it, it's calling Venom a super villain. I'm like, oh, Run. you gotta be kidding me. No, <laughs> wrong, zero. It's just a variant. Change it. <laughs> Eddie Brock did not save the universe from Null just to be called a super villain. That's just. Nope. He's always an anti-hero. He he's the guy. He's the goddess symbiotes. He he's yeah. a hero. He has, he has not he been a villain for it. a long time now. <laughs> yeah, a so, long time. So that's that's kind of my fear with the series is that they're they're catering to this this fan base that still believes Venom to be a villain. I don't know. I I don't see that as catering to this fan base. I think it's just a variant. They have a they have cuz it's like based on the old trading cards, right? Again. Well, no, no, it's like, no, a, no, like no. the label. I'm not talking just about the variant. I'm talking about also this whole regression regression thing in the story with Venom. Oh yeah. It's like are you really going mm. to make him you know, quote unquote, evil again, just to say satisfy those people who I, believe he's. Still I don't going. think they're making him evil. I think he might get a little edgier because of Dylan just absorbing that from him, and which is just another reason to not like the edginess well, of Dylan. <laughs> well, th- this is this is what I don't get. It's like okay, well, in the free comic book day issue, we kind of we're kind of getting the sense that Ilan, I mean, not Ilan, Dylan Ilan. is growing. <laughs> that he's growing now. He's becoming more of a, an older adult teenager. By the looks of uh, it, I like how people said on the cover it just looks like Flash. It just looks like Flash <laughs> on the cover. And and now they're 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 giving this hint is that the Venom Simi is going to start getting more aggressive, more agile because of Dil- Dylan's moods. And you know, and even the free comic book day, she's like, "Stop telling me what to do. Shut up. I don't want to hear." It. It's like, yeah. oh my god! But after all that stuff we went through in in. You know, King in Black, and then the finale in 200. You know, the Venom symbiote Dylan had this like, you know, this uh, friendship going on because you know, the Venom symbiote is like, oh, this yeah, it's Eddie's son. You know, I got to protect him now. Oh, now he's gonna bond to me. Now I gotta re- like, now we gotta work together. And now they're just throwing that all away. And it's like, no, I don't yeah. want. I don't want to see Venom go aggressive against. Like it's yeah. done. He should Let not me be able to get way. aggressive anymore. Let me put it this way. Everything I've seen from especially the Dylan portions of the book, I'm not looking forward to. It's not. There's nothing been saying, oh, right, I'm really excited for this series. This is making me so hyped for it. I haven't seen nothing of that. I've just seen – I'm excited to see some of the villains. Like I saw like Anna Kravenoff with, uh, you know, Anti-Venom possibly. You know, Big Mother, uh, uh, Venom fighting Kang in space. So I'm more interested in the Eddie half of stuff, and I don't know if I care about Dylan Venom, Venom at all. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's it's not a great feeling to have – being so apprehensive. It's not, especially after we've gotten a lot of yeah. good content. Yeah, it's like, like we we were we've been spoiled. I was like, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you consider you know as long as we've had this podcast going, just how many number ones we've seen. You know how 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 many new Venom series we've been exposed to, and our feelings for each new series as it you know played out. You know, we we started out with the Costa series. Which you know we had yeah. no idea what was going to happen. Um, we didn't. We didn't boy, realize we were punching oh the dick. <laughs> yeah, and so it was like it was this completely unknown, and we were still excited for it, even though we were like, "Well, what happened to Flash?" But even yeah. st- even still, we're still like, "Okay, well, this is exciting. There's something new." And then after yeah, no, the I, series, I remember, I, I remember yeah. Aaron before before they announced uh, 
it was you know uh, before they announced who the host was. I remember Aaron being so excited. They're they're marketing just like uh, classic Lethal Protector, like oh no, and then and so th- there was there was hype going into it. Especially it was after yeah. it was after Space yeah. Night, which was uh, which was obviously a very big departure from classic Venom. Yeah, and so I think people people were excited for a yeah. classic looking Venom. So we had hype with the at the beginning of Costa. And then once Costa was over and we were getting into Case, there was even more hype because, you know, we it was like a palate cleanser from Costa, you know. Yeah, there, and, there, was, there was a lot. Of, like 2018 as a whole was like, like it was the fresh start era when Sabolsky uh, mm-hmm. took over. And so it was like with, with the, you know, the announcement of Spider-Man going back to basics away from the slot stuff. You have Donny Cates coming on and who's apparently a huge fan of Venom. And he's like, you know, and you have Ryan Stegman, which is a, a great artist. So we were, I think we were very hyped going into the Donny Cates era, especially when we had the interview. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like we yeah. – that, that, was, that was great, the interview, because we, you know, we got a, a feeling that, oh, you know, Venom is in good hands with Donny. And now – now here we are going into an, yet another new Venom series, and the hype is just not there. Yeah, there, there's just this. From what I've seen of the fans, there's just this sense of hesitance, just among everyone. It just, well, it's what I'm getting at is it's that it's two writers, one's doing a, a story for Eddie, and the other's doing for Dylan. But it's like, well, when we read 200, it's like, okay, yeah, all right. I I'll give Dylan a chance. Like I'll give I'll give him a chance, but I don't I just don't want to see that constant whining, complaining. Yeah, I don't and want the whininess. And and it's and it was already like saturated even in a teaser uh preview pages in the free comic book day issue. And I'm like, please don't let this be like the first three issues and in, into the first arc, okay? I, I don't know. It's I, I'm gonna give it a chance, but already it's. Of it's course, not, I think I think we're all giving it a chance. Oh yeah, and 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 you know I will say again because I mean we've been very vocal for the last year about you know Donnie and, and Ryan's take on the whole you know with Null, you know that's mm-hmm. done. Ups and downs. Yeah, it, it had, yeah, it had, it had ups and downs, and you know now we're having a freaking a breath of fresh air with Extreme Carnage because now there's no more Null involved. Now there's a new team coming on, and again, yeah, I will give it a fair chance so you know i am going to be fair regardless i'm obligated to see the series through but i just wish i was more excited about it (laughs) yep uh all right so um that's it for this month's review of everything um join us in our next episode as we review some of the symbiote comics of september 2021 including the final three issues of extreme carnage and then uh the the, ne- the month after that is something to really look forward to. You know, we got the beginning of the new Venom series, and then oh yeah, and then Venom, let there be carnage. Finally, you know, finally confirmed. All right, that's coming out, moving. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna see how how that episode pans out. That's that's gonna be an interesting podcast. <laughs> and we'll have to see how the film is. I'll try to keep an open mind. Yep. All right, so um, you can listen to We Are Venomaniacs on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Music, and iTunes, Audible, and YouTube. We can also be found on Twitter at WAV underscore podcast. Check out our Discord server where you can geek out with a community of Venomaniacs like us. And as always, thank you to my fellow co-hosts, Carlos and Tyler, for joining me today. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm hoping for an eventual symbiote satellite.
title. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to the Venn site for permitting us to make this podcast under the TBS banner and all of your Janus support. And finally, thank you, loyal listeners and fellow Venomaniacs. You guys make an awesome community, and it's an honor to be your voice on the airwaves. Together, we are Venomaniacs.